let's just be for real. Like every single person that you kind of meet, you never know where they're going to end up in life. Yeah. Like the person that's today, that's going to be in the warehouse packing these orders could end up becoming the CEO of a big company, could end up becoming an athlete somewhere. This could be their, you know, their secondary job to get from like point A to point B. Yeah. And so I've always felt that way. Yeah. You know, I've always felt that way. Like even myself, when I came up as a sales rep, it was always a situation where it was like, all right, um, today you're a sales rep. Tomorrow you could end up owning the company. Yeah. Which was true. You but know. I'm curious, like in that, and I don't know how much, again, like, I don't know how deep, I don't want to paint a picture where it's just you, but like, I was the kid too, that grew up poor. And like, yeah, there's a lot of parallels in the story of like, oh, I figured out how to flip like Honda SI wheels and like, you know, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think we should talk about our love for Hondas because yeah, I think that sure. says a lot. For sure. But then like, there's also a moment of growth where you have to learn how to have a company and run a company that makes a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to do that. <laughs> so the fact that you've kept it so real and the fact that you make time for people and talk to people and you walk around and you hang out with everyone, I never see the stress of owning a huge company on you. Yeah. That fascinates me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something that you could speak yeah, to could, or if there's yeah, something, yeah. anything interesting yeah. in that that you haven't talked about. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like a layer that you have to kind of peel back. It's yeah. like... It's also perception. Like, yeah. you know, there's this thing where people say, you know, perception is real, the truth is not. But, you know, we can talk about that too. At the end of the day, it's like how much you you put on on social media. Yeah. You know, because the thing about it is like a lot of the people that, you know, speak to me, they don't know. They, yeah. They don't know how big my operation is. Right. They just assume like what I post. Yes. But I don't post every meeting I take. Right. I don't post every move I make. Yeah. I don't. I don't post every business I own. Yeah. You know, like... Like, you know, we'll get into that. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll get into okay. that. Like one of the things I'll talk about is like people with their social media, you'll see them on their Instagram and they yeah. will post every single brand they own on their bio. Yeah. That's cheesy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like yeah. for me, it's like if you knew how many companies or businesses that I own, your jaw would fucking drop. But I'm not going to even go there. Right. You know, because the thing is, I would rather be the back end and keep low key and quiet and let the guys that are doing the real work you know, be the face of it because yeah. I don't give a fuck about being. But like that, that like that's so interesting is like you have a confidence to you, mm -hmm. but you really never strike me as like flexy guy. And it's like, yeah, cool. Like you have a great car collection, but like yeah. that's for but, you. But you know like, what though, it, it, we can go into it and I'll talk about what, uh, what it comes with age. Cause mm. that, you know, I got it at 25. You didn't meet me at 25. I was oh. a little bit more, I was more new money at 25. As I got older, I got wiser. You know, I was a dumbass that spent money at the club, you know, buying bottles and shit like that. And I see that now in these youngsters and I know where they're coming from because yeah. I was there. I was once the new money. I'm at that age where I don't need to go anywhere and wear all my chains, wear all my watches, yeah. wear all my jewelry, yeah. wear designer clothes. I was once that guy. Interesting. I was once that guy. I'm over that, you know? Yeah. Like now, like I'm very confident and I'm not insecure about any of that. I could walk in the room and my reputation is already my reputation. I'm not saying that I'm a Steve Jobs or, you know, a Jeff Bezos, but you know, I'm confident in like what I built for myself, especially yeah. in the community that I'm in where a majority of the people that who knows me knows like, okay, he's got it, you yeah. know? So I don't need to say that shit, you know? Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm fucking 40 years old. Yeah. There's nothing to prove to fucking anybody. But I think like that, like I just, that's yeah. not talked about enough, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You don't need to flex, but like, you gotta treat people right. Yeah, and yeah, you gotta, you gotta like, treat yeah. people right. Cause you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, how I kind of feel is that if somebody 
if you work for somebody or if I, if somebody works for me, they're a part of the family. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm just not going to hire anybody on the streets. Yeah. And if you clock in and clock out and you work for me, I feel as if, you know, I have to take care of you, whether I cut your check or whether I'm your boss, where we're at the same place at the same exact time. You could be anywhere you want, but you're here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So like, I, like that's the reason why it's like, why do you want to go to work and treat someone like an asshole? Right. You know, like honestly saying what's up to somebody, a high five and shit like that. It's so much more appealing when your boss comes out and says, what's up? Yeah. Says hi, buys you a lunch. Yeah. Or says any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like overall, like how I kind of run a business. It's like, it's like, man, I don't, I don't have it tough. You know, I don't have it tough. Like I wake up every single morning and I'm blessed to be able to go to work and I'm selling fucking clothes. Yeah. I'm not doing rocket science. Yeah. I'm not selling life insurance. Yeah. I'm not fucking selling window panes. Right. You know, I'm not selling lumber, you know? Right. Um, I have a basketball court at the office. Yes. The guy, a gym, guys come in, they work, you're stressed, shoot a jumper. Yeah. You know, yeah. guys in the warehouse are just chilling, you know? I don't drug test. You want to smoke some fucking weed during your break? Smoke some weed during your break. You yeah. Know? Like, if you want to just like, you know, chill out and relax and have a cool job and not have your your boss overlook, you know, I mean, I could be more micromanaging and see how many, how much you crank out, but I'm not like that, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, I feel as if, like I said, you could be anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. You could be anywhere you want, but you know, Overall, overall, I'm just blessed to be able to be here, you know, go through the whole 2020 pandemic and just still run a business, be successful. We have good months, we have bad months, but at the end of the day, you know, we're still here. Yeah. When, when I was thinking about this podcast, like you've done a lot of podcasts. Yeah. The one thing I don't want to do is tell your story over again, especially because yeah. you've done two of my favorite podcasts, which was Short Story Long and Project Mindset. Yeah, yeah. So two of my favorite people, you guys have great relationships yeah. and that story is so good. Yeah, it's amazing. But then for a listener who maybe didn't catch it, you and I did a very special one for Brecky where we only talked about cars. Honestly, and that's still to this day my favorite podcast. I tell everybody, really? I was like, yeah, it's still today. Because it was the first time I didn't have to say, like, okay, every single podcast is like, okay, tell me how you started. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, you know, what was the threshold or what was like the one thing that made you do what you had to do? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is your ambition? It's always the same. It feels pretty copy paste. Co copy and paste. It's all copy yeah. and paste. And the thing is, it rolls off my tongue because yes. I've said it so many times. I've done so many of them. But our podcast, you're like, okay, well, what's the reason behind all these cars? And I have a fucking story for every, every single car. Every one of them. Yeah, and I still think about you talking about the Ferrari. Yeah. You at like 7-Eleven. Yeah. And the dude was just shitty to you and you're like, all right. Yeah, I mean, just that story. I mean, I want to say it was sophomore year of high school during the summer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sitting at the 7-Eleven getting the same shit. A big gulp, uh, nacho cheese with my buddy Jesse. And there's a Ferrari sitting in front. And it's a Ferrari 355. Yeah. And... I come running out and I've never seen a fucking Ferrari in person in yeah. my life. I'm just staring at it. And this white dude, I still remember polo shirt and everything too. It's his car. He comes out and he's like, hey kid, you like the car? I was like, yeah, I fucking love it. Yeah. And he looks at me dead ass and he says, you're never going to be able to afford it. And and me, I'm like, just wait, what the fuck? I'm I'm like 15 years old at the time. Who like who would even take yeah. the time to say yeah. that? Yeah. Who That's says so some, insane. Yeah, so insane for me. When I got my first like exotic car, I was like, I'm gonna get this car just because motherfucker told me I wouldn't be able to fucking afford it. Yes. Even though the car was a fucking uh, a money pit. 
<laughs> a money pit. Like I would drive it down the street and I'd have to fix a clutch. The car was a piece of shit. But oh anyways, I got rid of it though. And yeah. Yeah. What was that? It was a, did you get a 355? Yeah. 350, yeah. Uh, 355 Spider. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. So you got literally the car that yeah, it's like, I, you'll I never got the same this. exact car. Yeah. You're like, okay. Same exact car. So sure. I was like, okay. Yeah. Same color, same combination, everything. So good. Yeah. But yeah, like what stood out to me with that podcast was I felt like we had a real conversation because no. I genuinely like I know every one of those cars and mm -hmm. I love them. And like you're the dude mm -hmm. that like kept every rare Honda while getting his exotics. Like that says so much. See, the thing about it is like people would always ask me like, oh, man, you should go to all these like car events or cars and coffee. I fucking hate those because it's so yeah. pretentious. Yes, dude. it's so pretentious because yes. it's like, OK, like. Without being an asshole, you go to those car clubs and a majority of these guys that are driving exotic cars, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm just saying a majority of these guys, it's like, okay, well, I have a bunch of money. Just give me the most expensive 488 or yes. just give me the most expensive Ferrari. Give me the most expensive Lamborghini. Give me the most expensive fucking Rolls Royce. But a majority of these dudes can't even drive a stick shift. Yeah. And they don't know why they bought it, right? Yeah. Like They don't you know, know why they bought it. Also, we're filming this at your warehouse, which is so sick. We're at the psych. Yeah. But if you hear things in the background, we're literally in the warehouse. Where yeah, yeah. We're literally we're, <laughs> we're literally in the warehouse. Luckily, it's like not 100 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're morning. Right we're lucky. We got yeah. another 30 minutes. But like, I think with that too, people, they have more money than they have taste. And the thing with you is like, because you had to earn every dollar, because you straight up flipped shoes to buy an S2000, like yeah, you yeah. understood, you were on the forums, you were researching. Mm -hmm. So every vehicle that you bought yeah. has a story behind it mm -hmm. and it's the right one. Yeah. And it, with the right wheels and the right everything. It's and I taste. think that that says so much about you just in the car collection. I mean, it's just taste though. Cause like you can go out there right now and you can already tell if somebody, <laughs> if somebody doesn't have taste. I mean like, okay, cool. A dude will come pull up in a Lamborghini Aventador. Yep. And the minute he pulls up in Forgiato wheels, I'm like, all right, <laughs> like, I already okay. know. I already know. You yeah. Know? I'm like, I already know. Say it. Say what you. Yeah. Say We're, less. You know. Yep. Say that, that, that's what it is. You yep. know. It's like a dude that buys a Honda, like a Honda Civic, and throws on a set of Anki wheels. Yeah. You know. You're yeah. gonna be like, okay, yeah. All cool. right. You yep. know. The yeah. internet has seen it. Yep. Yeah. Internet. Run has it seen again. It. You know, like, there's there's stuff that's just period correct that's just right on cars. Yeah. You know, if you have a Honda yeah. and it's not a t set of T37s or not a set of fucking Mugen wheels, yeah. you're not doing it right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's just that's just how I am. So, you know. And I think that that said so much. And if uh, for anybody that is a deep car nerd, like go find that episode and like, it's really beautiful. Yeah. First spot I want to go to is I Am King. Yeah. I think that like Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers, yeah. you kind of see moments and like, I don't, you know, I, I grew up in Florida. I was East Coast. I didn't yeah, yeah. see what you guys were doing at the time. I didn't know that yeah. streetwear scene. But now from the outside looking in years later, it feels like everyone involved in that circle mm -hmm. is now like pretty successful and yeah. killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you from the inside, what did that feel like? Like what, what is that moment? Is that a correct observation? Like Andy Wynn has afters. <sighs> I mean, and like, I don't know. Tell me about that moment. I, I, honestly, I will tell you this. At that moment, it was a great moment because it was a lot of young individuals working together. Yeah. But everybody was just so young and talented, but there was no real leader. Even though Andy and Polo owned the company, they were both yeah. like 22, 23 years That's old. so young. And at that time it was like, okay, well, you know, they own the business. 
but the same time they weren't leading the whole company it was just like right. okay well we started this whole business we need help on sales we need help on logistics we need help on this yeah. so they're bringing people on and they're just letting other people run parts of the company mm. and so how i kind of felt is it was difficult because you know it wasn't my first rodeo right. i was a sales rep prior for like two three years at another brand called franco shade yeah and at that time not a lot of people knew was that i had the leverage in my mind even before but at the time i started a sales agency and it was called far from filthy distribution and it was me and my other buddies but i just didn't have the infrastructure i didn't have the capital and i just didn't have the right team to run this i had the leverage in my mind like years ago no i wanted to way. run i wanted to run a sales agency i wanted to run multiple brands and everything too but it was just the fact that i couldn't do it myself and i just didn't have the team behind me so you know during that time I was repping a bunch of other brands while working at I'm King. I was yeah. doing this brand called Two in the Shirt, called Two in the Shirt Tits, Jeepney, Royal Revelation. Um, geez, it was a bunch of just gold coin, just a bunch of these random Karma Loop brands that I met. Karma Loop. Yeah, I met yeah. in the days. But you know, at the time, you know, some of these brands were doing well, some of the brands couldn't. And then me being local in Orange County and I'm King was there, yeah. I decided to just go in-house with I'm King and work out of their office and just kind of do that. Um, you know, you know, uh, and at the same time, you know, this is during the time when, you know, LRG and everything was huge, yes, right? Yes. And then, you know, at one point we had this little buzz going on, going on that we could be like the next LRG. Mm. And so I kind of put the back burner on and I just became the sales manager at I'm King. Yeah. Um, you know, hindsight 2020 might've been one of the dumbest decisions I did. I could have easily went to a more established company. Um, I had various offers on the table, but I didn't cause I just, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid, you know, I really thought this was going to be next, but you know, hindsight, you know, I look at this back and I'm like, I don't think I made a terrible decision, but at the same time, the struggles of what I had dealing there for eight years yeah. kind of led me here. Well, okay. You said something to me right before we started, yeah. and I don't think it's cocky. I mm -hmm. think it's a feeling that a lot of people maybe feel mm -hmm. and what you said of like you basically had the blueprint of leverage mm -hmm. there yeah but it just wasn't the right time the resources weren't yeah. there but like the feeling of i am king at that moment it's everyone is so young and it's not disrespect like yeah, my yeah, god yeah. do you expect anyone to run a company but this feeling of like i'm the smartest one here at, and a hundred percent at any single point that i walk into any building or yeah. any room I've always felt as if I'm the hungriest person, the smartest person, or even my work ethic is above everybody else. And it was. And that's what's so fascinating to me about you is I feel that too. Mm -hmm. I see you just from like the bit of friendship that we have and the little ways that you'll tell me stories and all this. So it's like, I don't view you though as cocky. I view yeah. you as one of the kindest pay it forward people yeah, I've ever yeah, met. Yeah. Yet there is this confidence of like, I know what the fuck I'm doing and I know I what do. this should be. I do. That's well, so interesting to I me. I do. I know my lane and what I do is my work. And I know like if I was focused on being a coder or, you know, being finance and that was my lane, I would, I would be the best at it. So I'm in, I'm in fashion and I'm in the back end and I've done it, you know? Yeah. I've worked for companies where I'm the only one that shows up, the yeah. first one that shows up, the la right. last one to leave. And yeah. it's not, and it's not me tooting my own horn, yeah. but I've been there, done that. Okay. So my question, because yeah. like, I think that there's so much valuable insight now that you've done that and mm -hmm. clearly now have proven that you did have yeah. the vision yeah. for the people that relate to that, for the kid that is at the job where it's like, dude, I'm working the hardest. I see the lane mm -hmm. now dissecting it. Is there a lesson in that? Like, would you have gone back and done it any differently or like what? 
when you do feel like you are that kid that knows it the you best. You know what though? Like, I, I always play this. I always play this situation in my mind. Like, man, fuck, man. I wish I wasn't there for so long. Right. I could have fucking done. Yes. I would have made it. It doesn't matter where the fuck I am. I would have made it. I yeah, know I would have yeah. made it. But you know, at the same time, I'm actually very, very appreciative of those like years of struggling because it got me here and just makes all the juice um, all the juice and like all the accolades, everything even more sweeter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Cause the thing is, you, you know, I can't rush success. Mm. You know, a lot of people want to have like overnight uh, gratification and become a millionaire overnight. It's normal. Yeah. I've worked with so many different people. I've had different designers come in. I've had guys that I work with think that, you know, if I just do enough work, I'm going to, I'm going to become fucking successful. I'm going to make a million dollars overnight. It's, yeah. it's not like that. It's a slow grind. Yeah. Business is always going to be a slow grind. It's always the guys that are willing to, you know, chip away, chip away, chip away. It's not the guys that are like, I'm all in for a month. Let's just see how much I can do. Yeah. But it's interesting. Like the reason that maybe I'm so interested in that spot yeah. is my life, my career came from touring with bands. And then there's yeah. a chapter in my life where I go to a record label. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like you, the way you explain it of like, don't get me wrong. I learned a lot and yeah, I met yeah. incredible people and I didn't know everything, mm -hmm. but I had this feeling of like, I'm different. Like I care about this more. I see a path that people don't. It was when Spotify was starting to pop. Yeah. And I'm like, why are we not going all in on Spotify? I mean, I'll tell you the story. It's just the same. It was like, let's just say at me, we'll go back to me in the I'm King days. Yeah. You don't understand how many employees I poached from I'm King. Really? When the company went under. Interesting. Like literally, we had this moment where I had this tiff with one of the designers. Yeah. And I got kicked out of the office and I had to work remote. Yeah. So that's when I started the leverage. And it was me and Lee. We dipped out and I oh. pulled the Jerry Maguire moment. I was like, you know, who's <laughs> coming with me? And I took a 19-year-old kid from the warehouse. His name is Derek Nguyen. He's my CFO to this moment. You know what I'm saying? So he's my CFO to this moment. My visual director was yeah. their creative director. Brian, you know, I've, I've hired another designer that worked for me for a few years, Chemo. Um, one of the one of the marketing directors over there, Anthony, was actually one of my sales manager before he started his own company. Kevin, who's my sales manager now, was an intern at I'm King. So it wasn't as if like, it wasn't as if I didn't come in there and just look at talent. I could, I could go into a room and see 20 people and speak to every single person and be like, yeah. he's good. He's good. He's not. Get the fuck out of here. I'll take you three. Let's go. Oh my God, that. Yeah. That right there, what you're saying yeah, yeah. is everything. And I feel that too. Like, I yeah. feel like you can just see it in people. Yeah. That's cool. And then that comes back to the next thing that I really wanted to talk about yeah. is people and the way you treat people and relationships. Mm -hmm. Because again, you have a confidence to yeah. you. That's great. You should. Yeah, yeah. But you're not an asshole. You're not cocky. And you treat people really, really well. And clearly you see mm -hmm. that same thing in people. Where does that come from? Honestly, like where I see that people is just years of like trial and error. I mean, I've had so many shitty jobs yeah so yeah. many shitty jobs if you have a shitty job you know exactly what it was yesterday i was at ikea yeah and then i was there and i was explaining to my kids i was like i was like dad used to work here so i used to work at ikea and it was got to be one of the shittiest jobs i ever had in my life i worked in the rug department and the only reason I worked there is because after 19 hours, you're considered full-time and you got health benefits and they paid for a portion of your college, uh, college tuition. Okay. All right. Yeah. And during that time, I, I didn't get financial aid, so I had to get loans. Oh my I God. I had to get loans at that time. So like I was putting myself to school while working full-time while living in a fucking garage all at the same time. 
So like during that time, I knew what a shitty job was. You know, yeah. so I had multiple jobs at the same time. So, but a shitty job that gives you college and benefits yeah. all of a sudden yeah. gives you a little bit of an edge up. Yeah. So it's well so, worth it. Yeah. So I'm doing that. Yeah. To put myself to school. And I worked at a gym just so I could get a gym membership Brilliant. once a week just so I could play basketball. Yes, yes. You know, so it was it was just me just hustling. I had like so many multiple jobs. And while that's flipping sneakers, yeah, flipping sneakers and rims um, on the side on Craigslist. Oh, actually, it wasn't Craigslist. It was the recycler. It was even older than the Craigslist. If, if you if you know, you know. I I do not. I know yeah. like Honda. I know forms yeah, like Honda, Honda Tech, Tech and all that. Shit, but I used to go through the recycler. Wow. Yeah. See, but this paints this picture so well. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of this, all of these skills you have is almost off of this side of like necessity. Well, like, I mean, I mean, the thing is, it's it's considered survival of the fittest. Mm. You know, it's either you're gonna make it, or you're not gonna make it. Mm -hmm. So you know, we go back to the whole thing. You grew up poor. All right, yeah. cool. I did. Yeah. Um. But the thing is, if you want something, it's not like. If I wanted something, okay, well, how am I going to fucking get it? You know, yeah. growing up, especially in Santa Ana, if you want it, either you're going to steal it or you're trying to figure out how to make enough money to sell it, uh, yeah. to get it, you yeah. know? So it's either one or the other, you yeah. know? And like me as a kid, it was either one or the other. For me, it was always like, you know, we didn't have the access to a parent that had money. Uh, it's like, okay, here you go. Yeah. It was either, you know, buy low, sell high, or yeah. you're not going to get, you're not going to what, get whatever it is. What kept you from stealing? I mean, I did steal as a 16, 17 year old kid, you know, who didn't, you know, just right. go to a sports mart, you know, jack shit. It was okay. normal, you know, like, let's just say so, like, you have your times, like in all this story, like yeah. you're not this perfect person. Like no, no, you no. have your times or you're a piece of shit and you're yeah. doing whatever you could do. You, to... you know, but the thing is, it's like, you know, the 16 year old me and the 40 year old me now are two different people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, like growing up in that area, who didn't? You yeah. know, sorry to say this, but who didn't steal from liquor stores? Who didn't steal from sneaker stores? Who didn't, right. you know, like, who didn't go to Nordstrom Rack or like Macy's and just, you know, I was a bad kid. I'm not going to say I wasn't. I can't paint myself like a fucking perfect uh, angel. But what, that's like the thing that's so interesting to me is like, there's so many times in your life where you didn't have to be the person that you are now. Yeah. Like you, it feels like there's been these level up moments where it's like, you could have got stuck in that culture. You could have just been the dude that flipped sneakers forever. But like, it seems like, there's a lot of times in your life where there's been a moment where you've leveled up and you've stepped up and you've yeah. grown as a person. Like I said, dude, How? It's, Why? it's honestly, like I said, going back from all of our stories, you know, like as you get older, yeah. you kind of mature. Yeah. You can't say the same exact fucking person. Yeah. You know, we talk about like new, having new money. Yeah. You know, early me, when I was 25 years old, getting a little bit of money, yeah. you know, I'm a type of kid that would go out there and spend it, go yeah. out, go to the clubs with my friends, you know, 15 dudes split one bottle, 250 bucks. I'll put in 200. The rest of my buddies put in 50 bucks. We're cool, yeah. but we're not, you know? Yeah. And then starting getting, starting getting a little bit more money, you know, you started buying dumbass shit, you know, buying your first Rolex, yeah. you know, buying bottles, going to Vegas, blowing that. You know, I did You've that. done it. I've done You've that. done, done the, that. the fuck boy phase. Yeah, I've done the yeah. fuck boy, the trap boy, all that stuff. Yeah. I've done all that. And the thing is, I'm not even mad at these guys because at the end of the day, that's the evolution. It's yeah. like the evolution of everybody. You get a little bit of money, you don't know how to what to do with it. And then you get kind of smarter. Then you kind of realize like, you know, I can't do this forever. Yeah. And then me getting engaged and having a family, I told myself, I was like, okay, I need to be better for it. Do you like, think that was a moment? Do you oh, yeah, think uh, like uh, engaged uh, family was like a pivotal shaping Honestly, my moment? family is the most important thing to me because it's like now. I feel that. I oh, see yeah. that now. Yeah. You followed me on social media and digital. I was very, very flashy. Very, very flashy early on. Like, I, I rarely ever wear jewelry now. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, yeah, I still have a ton of cars and stuff like that too. I'm really Because you love them. I'm a car guy, yes. Yeah. But, you know, you'll rarely ever catch me fucking at a club. I won't ever go to a club anymore. Now my life is... 
my work, my yep. family, coaching my basketball team, you know, working on my fucking fitness. I'm training for a marathon right now. I run, yeah. I run like 30, 40 miles like every other week. Yeah. You know? No, I'm probably running like 20 to 30 miles a week. Yeah. Um, and I'm just obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with my kids' basketball. I'm obsessed with my fitness. I'm obsessed with running. Yeah. And it's just different. As you get older, you real, you realize to yourself like what's important in life. Yeah. And what's important in life for me now is different from what's important in life when I was 30. But see, what's interesting to me is I am 30, right? Yeah. And I met you at a really important time in my life because I was like still kind of trying to figure California out. Yeah, I was yeah, still yeah. pretty fresh. And mm -hmm. I think we became friends just because we both loved the same cars. And there yeah. was nothing else. There was no other agenda. I didn't need anything from you. It was just like, yo, CRXs and you're like bet you know the thing but, is it's like the thing is like that's the thing I love the most about the car culture mm. and it's random because I for the years I've literally anytime I pull up next to a guy with like a Honda or something <laughs> clean I will roll down the window <laughs> and say dude nice ride yeah. and they'll look at me and yeah, like you'll be in like cars, a nice ass Porsche car. or like I'll something like event, dope I, yeah I was in my Aventador one time yeah. I pulled up to a dude in a CRX and he thought I was trolling him <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm not trolling you, bro. I love a CRX. Yes. I literally have a CRX tattooed, tattooed. on my, on my yes. arm, you know? Yes. And so it's like, like, and wild as it gets, I'll be with my wife and I'll be yeah. like, yo, look at that car right there. It's a fucking EF. Look how clean it is. And she's like, okay. Yeah. yeah she's you know? like this box from the 80s. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. But okay. So my point to all of that though, is I really love the example you set because what? At 30, like I I am not at the level where I could or could do the fuck boy phase that mm -hmm. you did at 25, right? Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. did have pretty early success at a level that's like, oh fuck, he made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why like a conversation like this is so cool. I, I think that like as the dude that's what 10 years older than I am now is I try to learn from people that I respect in these examples where it's like, oh, if he did these things. Like, what lessons can I learn there? Yeah. So that's why I'm so interested. It's like you've evolved past all of those phases yeah. and you have these wonderful values. But I think from all of the stories and all the bits we've talked, I think these core values have been there for a really long time. Yeah, it, it's been there. It's just like the evolution of, of you as an individual and as a person after learning about everything. Just getting burnt. Just over yeah. the years of getting burnt. You know what yeah. I'm saying? My parents weren't good people. I was going to ask yeah, you, they, they did you have someone? Did you see no, that I, example in no, somebody I, else? I, I, that... I, did, I didn't because the situation with me is like we grew up poor. Yeah. You know, like a backstory with me and my, my parents was like my... You know, I lived with my mom and yeah. my stepdad. My yeah. stepdad was obviously a worker. He just worked. He didn't really do much besides just provide. Sure. You know, so yeah. he never went to any basketball games. Wasn't really hands-on. Yeah. He was just there. Yeah. And my mom, you know, she was never around. Yeah. And so, like, I can't, I don't have a lot of fond moments with my parents. Yeah. It's the truth. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't remember much of my parents because they were never around. Right. You know, it was just literally me, me, a basketball in a garage or me, my, my Nintendo system. Yeah. Or just me by myself. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, very... like I say this all the time. I could count all of my family vacations on one hand. It's three. We went to Vegas twice and fucking, um, and Reno once. No way. Yeah. Siblings? You have siblings? Yeah. I have two older brothers, but they were never in my life. Okay. They're, they're half brothers. So yeah. like, was there like somebody that you met that inspired that? Or do you think that it was just like, nah, it was just, it was just being alone in your mind, played basketball myself, play games with myself, yeah. um, watch TV by myself. I spent yeah. so much time by myself that it was kind of insane. Summers obviously could not afford daycare. Yeah. So my mom goes to work at seven in the morning, seven at night. My dad gets home at four o'clock. So I'm home. I'm literally home by myself until four o'clock every single day from the age of first grade on. That's, yeah. see like i just the, the the difference of 
what you became and yeah. wanting to pay that forward and have somebody be like, yo, your dad, Chris, was a really good person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have gone two ways, couldn't have. Yeah, like, you could have come out a piece of shit. Like no, you could have come out like a really selfish, shitty oh, dude. I, honestly, I tell myself the same thing. I could have been a psycho. Right? You know, I could have been a psycho. I could have been, I could have gotten to hard drugs. I yeah. could have been a fucking gangster. I could have done all this crazy shit. I grew up in the 90s and in Santa Ana. Also, yeah. this is during the era of like gang banging and shit like that. But the one thing that I will give my dad props was is he was a military dude and I was scared shitless of him because okay. he would beat my ass at any given moment. Like if you got out of line. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. did. Trust me, he did. I, I got a fair share of beatings all the fucking time. Mm. But at the same time, the fear factor that I had of getting beat for doing dumb shit and not getting good grades is the reason why it got me here. So, you know, yeah. later on now, being a parent and stuff like that too, I look back and I'm just like, damn, I'm so glad that he was so strict because if he wasn't, then who knew? Who knows where the fuck I would be? Yeah. If he allowed me to be out until whenever I wanted to or go hang out wherever I wanted to, I literally had like, a 0.25 mile radius of the house I could leave. Okay. It was really outside the house, yeah. the basketball court there, yeah. around the corner at the park, or yeah. the, or that's yeah. it. So it's either I'm playing basketball, I'm playing football or whatever with the kid, neighborhood kids, or I'm inside the house. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. That's a really cool example that you set. Like mm -hmm. it, it makes me respect it even more, dude. Being mm -hmm. like, damn, like it wasn't like some crazy powerful mentor that showed him the ropes. It wasn't this or this or this. No, like it's man. like, you really had to figure it out on your own. Yeah. And instead of having this chip on your shoulder, you're this like really kind, pay it forward dude. And man, like, I, I try nuts. I try. I, like, I don't know, man, that it's just, it's really inspiring. And, yeah. and that's like kind of what I wanted to talk about with this one is like your stories out there, but yeah. you as a person and these values that you have, I think that values are really important. I mean, value, reputation, legacy, and just the how you treat people and how you talk to people is yeah. very, very important. I've always been a firm believer of where you go as no titles. Yeah. I will speak to the person that's packing an order from my from my company the yeah. same exact way I'm gonna speak to my my business partner. I literally walked in and watched it happen. Yeah. Like the way that you've interacted with everyone here, I have no idea rank. Like yeah. we were walking around, you're giving me a tour. And like one of the dudes on the warehouse side, you're like, yo, what's up with that girl? Do I need to go talk some shit? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> sick. Like you're just like tapping in. And then like everyone you introduced I mean, me to, like it's like, I feel it. Like you literally live by it. I, I see mean, it happen. I mean, you got to tap in. You just got to act like a normal person. Like, and the... I've, I have an open door policy. Yeah. So if you work with me long enough, I never keep my door closed. Yeah. The reason why I don't keep my door closed is I want you to walk by and just say what's up or talk to me at any fucking point. I've said that too. Yeah. I never close my door. If my door's closed, I'm probably hung over or I slept or, or I'm yeah, sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's like, wrong, yeah, yeah. you know? But like for me, it's like that. I like, I like to interact. I like to talk to people. I like to... Um, talk shit just yeah. to my to my staff. Yeah, it, it, like you're just good. having fun with it. Yeah, I mean, we have a water cooler, but like we have more conversations besides the water cooler. Yes. You know, and, yeah. it's, and it's like a lot of shit goes a long way. Buying an employee a meal or buying your yeah. staff a meal goes a long way. Dude, you I know? always see you doing that too. You know, like, and the thing, it's like, that's the reason why I try to build what we call a culture yeah. at our company. Business is business though, but we, you know, we have two get togethers every single year. We have our company party, which is during the holidays. And we have our anniversary party, which is April when me and Lee starts a business. This year, we took the whole staff to Cabo. You know, like, it was it was awesome. And then, you know, most of the time oh, we'll rent out a place and it'll be a shit show. Everybody be drunk for a holiday party. It is what it is. But the thing is, it's good to see. It's good to be able to take some shots with the with the warehouse guy, your marketing guy yeah. or your sales reps. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, you see each other at the office 
you know, nine to five, everybody's busy doing their own thing, but getting loose, like letting loose and having fun with your guys, it's, it's a good time. As you were saying that, it like made me think of a thing, like what's your stance on like empowering people? Cause again, you're so like, I feel like in a lot of ways you have nothing to prove. Like you're just like no. out here being a nice guy. Yeah. Do you have like, as this sense of like, you started this thing, it's successful. There's a lot of people around yeah. you. Like, do you have this side where you're like, want to empower everyone no, to go start a thing? It, or are you it, kinda... and The thing is I do. And, and, and I'll be honest, this is with age. Earlier on, you know, when I was building this business, I've had people work, uh, work for me and then they would leave and, you know, do something very similar in the same lane. And I would always feel some type of way. As I got older, you know, I realized to myself, I built this business and I built this structure where if you're working with me, I want you to learn something because if you're here or not, my business is going to keep on going. Yeah. You know, you leaving my company and starting your own business, you can make more money. Cool. Yeah. But is it going to make me less money? No, because the show is going to fucking go. Yeah. And honestly, now being at 40, seeing some of these guys that have worked for me start their own business and be successful, I'm kind of hyped about it because the thing yeah. is, you know, you were with me learning my ropes and now you're killing it. That's fucking dope because the thing is, you wouldn't be killing it without learn, learning from the mentor, you know? Yes. And so like seeing some of these guys start their own brands and seeing these guys start their own, you know, businesses, marketing and agencies and actually being successful, I'm hyped about it. Yeah, because those skills came from, I would imagine, some amount yeah. of what they've learned yeah, from you. Yeah, because the thing is, I started this, you know, me and me and Lee, we started this infrastructure, yeah. our sales distribution, the way we shoot visuals, the way we have calendars. And if these guys are taking the knowledge from me while working here, going on and being successful, yeah. it only says that, you know, what you're doing and what you're teaching is actually legit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they're going to leave and then fucking fail, I fucked, I fucked up and I did something right. wrong. Any guy, any employee or anything that's left and done something, yo, I give every single one of you guys props, you know? And I love to see it. That's so cool, dude. Yeah, I love to that's, see it. I don't know, man. That's just, that's that's really it. Like, yeah. I, that's, I just wanted to talk about that. I find it yeah. so fascinating and it's so cool. Like, I think the people that really just do it for the right reasons and have that attitude, like I, I, the more of that I can talk about and share, I think the world becomes a better place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially yeah. like I relate to so much of your story. Like I was maybe not that alone, but I definitely felt like the loner and there were so many things. And if anybody hears that and relates, it's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, look, like, dude, Chris can go do it. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you now, it's just all about growth and being comfortable with your own skin. Mm. Earlier on, I've always had this chip on my shoulders. I wanted to prove something. Oh, I got this. I got that. It gets to the point where yeah, I've done that. You know, yeah. I don't give a fuck yeah. about anything material anymore. I don't like I could walk into the room with just fucking a vintage T-shirt on some fucking Nike shorts and a pair of fucking sandals. And, you know, my reputation and you know what it is. I don't care. I don't need to fucking wear a Roly, an RM, an AP and tell you this and that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, like I'm comfortable with my own skin. Yeah. Because now, you know, the old me at 30 years old that had to flex and had to pretty much show you, oh, I did this, I did that. I'm not the same kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. a decade in this industry or a plus or whatever it is now, you elevate. Yeah. I don't care now. Like, honestly, I don't care now. Like, yeah. as long as the lights are paid, as long as my employees are paid, as long as I got money in my pocket, as long as my kids are taken care of, I don't give a fuck what happens. But it's not an apathetic, I don't give a fuck. And that's what I like. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I can still nerd out with you. I can be like, yo, did you see the new GT3 RS? And we could talk about the DRS and you'd be like excited. Yeah, by the right? way, that wing is fucking retarded. It's so, <laughs> wait, I think it's sick. It's so, so fucking crazy. I I'm thinking, I'm looking at it now and I'm just like, 
can you wing delete that bitch? I know I was, I literally thought yeah. about you. I was yeah, yeah. like the wing with all the hydraulics and everything yeah, in I'm it. Like, I'm like, bet I'm you like, Chris is the dude that deletes it. Yeah, I would try. I was like, can you delete that shit without fucking fishtailing? Cause the thing is I heard, I heard on like, on like the, like the top speed that if without that thing, you're fucking just fishtailing back. Oh, and forth. I can't imagine. Yeah. That one feels like functional. Like you yeah. have to, what I, what I was thinking about 992s, I was thinking, the build that would break the internet and upset everyone so much. But what I would love to do mm -hmm. is I would love to do a GT3 non-touring. Okay. Delete the wing so you keep the ducktail. Yep. Get a Carrera S with the arrow kit okay. and that front bumper because okay. it's all full painted. Yep, yep. Where the GT3 and the GT3 uh, touring okay. got painted, but it's not. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And then also a base Carrera hood. So you you're, delete you're, the nostrils. You're, what you're going to do is just fuck up everybody because like yes. now with my wing delete, everybody thinks I'm driving around with a GT3 touring. Yes. I know with the touring. And it's funny because like I don't have any badges except for the backs of yeah, GT3 RS. Yeah. So everybody just like, oh, what are you driving? Yeah, it almost yeah. looks like a turbo it too because it's got the inside. Yeah, You're like, yeah. what? Yeah. A majority of my cars are all black because yeah. I just don't want to be crazy as sounds. I don't want to be flashy without being flashy. But see, that's the thing. Yeah. You don't give a fuck, yeah. but you give a fuck. Yeah. You just have nothing to prove. Yeah. Like you're just doing you. And yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Because like not giving a fuck is like, it kind of, it's like this sad thing where it's like maybe your things are in bad quality and your relationships aren't good. Like, yeah. I think you give a fuck. You're just doing you. You yeah. have no fucks to give about proving anything or yeah. having any cred from anyone else, <laughs> right? That, like, I want the nicest thing to make it as low key as possible. <laughs> yes, you know? yes. It, 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 it's yes. like, it's like, okay, well, Here's a Countach. Here's a here's a Countach. What would you do? What would you do with it? Yeah. Can I have it murdered out with like uh, black rims? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can I take this sick thing and make it so as few people as possible will notice it? But yes. the people who do, do know. know exactly yeah. what I did and why. It's always the if you know, you know. Yes. 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 That's yeah. like the maybe that's the episode title of this. Yeah, if, if you, you know, know, you know. know. That yep. says it all, doesn't it? Yep. One hundred percent. Did I miss anything? Is there any like little bits or nuggets? No, no, or anything? no. I mean, every like, single time we talk, it's always fucking like a flow it's always, it's, always it. good it's always good times i mean you know we went through everything i mean like the last thing i want to talk about is like how did you get started like what was your yeah. inspiration i mean everyone could fucking just google that well right and know? i think everybody's story it's like that's awesome but your inspiration is going to be different from everyone else's yeah. i think the relatable parts of your story is how you've treated people I, another thing too is the fact that the team that i have around me yeah because at the yeah. same time I can't say I'm Michael Jordan. I can't say I'm Kobe Bryant. But the one thing I can say I am is I'm fucking Jerry West. Ooh. You know what I'm Because the thing is, I'm good at putting together a fucking team. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this right now. We're sitting in this warehouse right now, right? Yeah. Everything is on palletized. It's on fucking palletized. It's uh, pretty much barcoded. Color-coded. You know, Color-coded. Yeah. Everything comes from overseas and it's in here, right? I didn't know how to fucking do this thing. Yeah. But I hired somebody and I worked with somebody and I put the right person in the position. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it's like this, like I give shout outs to everybody that needs to get shout outs. Cause like, I'm just a sales guy, a vision guy, but I know exactly, yo, this is the right person to do this. And shout outs to the, my operations team. It's pretty much my CFO, Derek Nguyen, um, my operations manager, Sean Pham, and my warehouse manager, Hector Ramirez. So these guys are able to navigate this. So they tell me exactly, this is what's in, you guys are going to sell. Yeah. But the other side too is that, you know, I have a whole marketing team. I have a whole production team. And my business partner, who's super low-key, Lee Ramirez, yeah. that he never talks, but this dude is a genius. He's probably brighter than I am. Yeah. Um, sometimes he's probably more hardworking than I am, right. but he doesn't get enough credit because the dude 
doesn't speak. He doesn't post. Yeah. But the dude is a fucking genius. If you ever speak to the guy or have the opportunity to sit down and speak to him, you're just like, damn, this guy knows a lot of shit. And then he has this podcast that not a lot of people know about his whole story that you guys should check out. It's uh, the one that we did with Dennis from Crooks. It oh. was me, him, and Lee. And, you know, long story short, if you ever get a chance to Google somebody, you definitely got to Google my business partner. So he handles all of our production design side. The guy is like a fucking, like a genius when it comes to washes, productions, designs, like yeah. everything. The guy nerds out. Yeah. Nerds like, he out. Re- like he could tell you like the different ring spun cotton and yeah. the weight the and guy the everything. Is so, the guy is so good. Yeah. You know, I'm only a portion of, I'm only a portion of this company. But at the same time, yeah, you look at me as the face because I'm the most vocal, you know? Mm. But you always got to look at it like as every business there Everybody, is. There's always yeah. a face and there's always a back end. And usually the face is not the brightest person, even though I might think I am. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cool. But there's guys in my company that could break down every everything in their department. Holy shit. I love that you're saying that because I relate to something there so much where I don't think I'm particularly amazing at anything Mm -hmm. but i think that people is like my superpower like my thing is like i think that i'm great at finding people and communicating and relationships which is something that i kind of see in you and maybe that's why i'm always so inspired by you is like the way you were talking about og days right Mm -hmm. like you assembled the team you always were able to find the right people and that in itself is a remarkable skill and not only just assembling people being able to have relationships with these people and working with them directly yeah you know because like i see the talent like I'll t- I can go on with my whole team. Like even my visual department, I have uh, my visual department, Brian, pretty much was the creative director at I'm King back in the day. Yeah. Um, he's now like amazing. He shoots him and his girlfriend, Doreen, they they have this thing called studioism yeah. that they're actually launching at the end of the month. So Sick. it's just like these sets that are, you can rent out like a photo studio. And so I'm actually his business partner uh, on that new location that he has. Ooh. And it's like, 12,000 square feet and it's broken up into these little rooms and it's super dope. And like, even when he shows me like what him and Doreen are doing, my, my jaw drops. I'm just like, damn, all I had to do was just bankroll this project to be a partner of this. Yeah. Where, where and do you I find? find these remarkable people and you're yeah. like, what? Like, all I have to do is support you here and you're going to go make this incredible thing yeah. I could never dream of. Yeah. Like, and you know, obviously Obviously, in situations like that, I just love being able to work with people yeah. that have a vision. Yeah, you know, have a vision because, like, like, like I said, you know, it goes both ways. Working hard and having a vision, like, it doesn't always go hand in hand. But I'm very, very fortunate that I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of these bright, bright, bright individuals. Yeah. Yep. Fuck, that's so cool. Yep. I think we did it. I think we did it, dude. All right, bro. Always. <laughs>